0: Hey everyone, this is Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn and co-creator of Venom, and you're listening to Marking Out. No better place to be. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out y'all. Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out y'all. like fists. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out y'all. We marking out.
1: Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans.
2: Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 558. Thank you so much for listening. Go check out all of our past episodes at markinout.com. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places that you would listen to your podcasts at. Also, go buy a t-shirt, Pro Wrestling Tees. Go check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitch. You name it, we got it. Go find us. My name is Dave. You can go find me on Twitter and on Instagram at DavidPTDPT. I'm here with Brandon. Go check him out on Instagram and Twitter at BTTG161. And also check out Chris. Chris Swindog, and of course, at MarkAnout, and on Instagram, at at MarkAnout11, but to proceed with episode 558,
1: Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? Doing good, doing good. How was your week? It was good. I went to my aunt and uncle's house for my nana's birthday, so it's always nice to get together with them. I saw my cousins and their kids. They uh, very still, cool. still seem to like me.
2: Hey, that's <laughs> always a plus.
1: Yeah. I also, I decided to, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it a trifle because I don't believe it's a trifle, but I made like a cake pudding gimmick thing. And I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was, but it turned out pretty decent. Did you make it for the gathering? No, no, I did not go to uh the gathering of the juggalos.
2: Ah right. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But
1: no, I just I decided to make it for myself, but it tasted mm-hmm. pretty good. And uh yeah. How was very your cool. how very was your cool. week? My week was uh good, you know. I
2: finally went into New York City. Uh went into New York City. How about Penn Station? A... Penn Station is uh weird. It's, it's awful. Very weird. Yeah, it was very weird, you know, let's see what they do with it, but there was no stores and, you know, the bathrooms were shut down pretty much everywhere, but let's see, you know, we ended up going to Keene's Steak House, which was great, it's been open since the late 1800s, got to see the playbill that Abraham Lincoln was apparently holding when he was assassinated. Isn't that gross? Uh, it was it was in- interesting. It's you know? cool. It was but like history.
1: It's disgusting. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, want to. It's history next
2: to something with presidential blood on it. <laughs> it was it was interesting. You know what else was on their wall? Anything else historical? Or um, they had a bunch of pipes, smoking pipes that were on the wall from people that were part of their clubs, such as uh, um, who was up there. You name it. They, uh, they were up there. Matt Cardona. Uh, Stephen, Stephen King, no. Um, <laughs> you had ton of other people. John F. Kennedy. Apparently they had Albert Einstein, but Albert Einstein's was stolen back in the 90s before they had cameras on it. Hmm. Um, yeah, but really fascinating stuff. And then we went to Jack Dempsey's bar, uh, bar to watch the boxing fight with Tyson Fury and... Um, Wilder. Yeah, Wilder. So that was really cool. Walked down to Times Square... Got back, and that was, uh, that was the weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was very, very cool. But, yeah. So, that is our weekend. Let's get on to some pro wrestling talk. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night
1: Nitro. Which kicks off with Three McIntyre to speak about Crown Jewel. Technically, I guess this is our go-home show to Crown Jewel, but, uh
2: yeah this is actually the no no we, well
1: we record yeah well no because it's gonna air afterwards yeah this is the go-home yeah. show <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i probably the go home to... probably won't talk about the matches of crown jewel but no i'm okay but drew mcintyre did and he spoke about how it's his last chance to be WWE champion before moving to smackdown which Big E cuts off the WWE champion then the usos come out i didn't get this segment at
2: all I didn't either, because where's the Roman Reigns aspect to all this? Well,
1: that's that Survivor Series, which is what they brought up, but the fact that the Usos were there, they challenged them to a match on Monday Night Raw, they attacked them. I enjoyed the Usos here, but I, I just I didn't understand why they were there. Yeah, I
2: don't know. i I'm not entertained, but whatever. Next up, you had a King of the Ring matchup to see who would advance. You had Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Ricochet. Um, Very happy to see
1: Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Ricochet and advance in this. Yeah, and I know Xavier Woods has uh, been wanting to be King of the Ring for quite some time now, so maybe this will actually happen for him? I'm going to say that he
2: does not become King of the Ring. Uh, especially because that's what fans want.
1: <laughs> it's going to be gender so, Mahal.
2: I That's what I want, so that's not going to happen either.
1: I'm just disappointed. First of all, I hope if Xavier Woods does win, we get some sort of macho king gear from him. But I'm disappointed that like, I mean, Chad Gable, I said this last week, Chad Gable was the runner up in the King of the Ring last time. He, he was the one that could have beat Baron Corbin to become King Gable. And he wasn't even given a shot here. No. Even Nakamura gave up his crown. Not in the tournament. It doesn't make sense. Well, that's booking. These tournaments so far, I mean, King of the Ring has been a lot better than Queen's Crown, but we'll get to that. After this match, we saw Hurt Business pick up the victory over Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Very quick match where I think if you blinked, you would have missed it. Cedric hit that nasty Michinoku driver on Mustafa Ali to win.
2: Definitely. You would definitely miss it. And it does not make any sense as to
1: why uh, her business is back together. Well, they are. And uh, after the match, Mansoor tried to help. Ali up, but Ali pushed him down, and then later on on Monday Night Raw, Mustafa Ali called Mansoor a loser and attacked him. That sets them up for a match at Crown Jewel, and Mustafa Ali is probably going to lose that because Mansoor is, I believe, undefeated at Crown Jewel. I think so, too. I mean, he has to be because he debuted on Monday Night Raw undefeated and then immediately got defeated. Yeah, (laughs) in in great WWE fashion after that we saw Shayna Baszler pick up the victory over Dana Brooke to advance in the Queen's crown we saw Brooke try out uh, a few pins here ultimately she ate a knee and lost the match I think it's safe to say this this tournament is set up for Shayna Baszler to win
2: I would agree with you I think that Shayna Baszler is going to be slated to win this and I think that it's difficult to see anybody else going over on her
1: Very much so, yeah. But the tournaments, man, not great. But earlier in the night, we saw Riddle challenge Amos to a match and asked Randy Orton how they're going to get one over on him like last week. And Orton's like, brother, you're on your own. Fast forward to the match. Riddle tries to uh, distract Randy Orton or distract Amos to get Randy Orton to come out. Randy Orton didn't show up. And Riddle ended up going after AJ Styles, almost took care of him, got the victory there. But when he went to pin Riddle, AJ Styles told him to stop. Let's cause more damage. Let's keep beating him down. They did, or he did, I should say. Finally gets the victory. AJ Styles goes to attack Riddle and Orton's music plays. He stopped and then he looks everywhere. Orton's not there. He has Amos leave the ring to go by the commentary table and Randy Orton showed up from behind, hit him with an RKO. I don't know what this is leading to. I mean,
2: obviously, I guess Riddle and Orton aren't going to, this is going to be where it remains and They're going to lose the championship belts at some point and then maybe lead into a feud with both of them.
1: I don't know what the outcome of that will be. But after that, Bobby Lashley came out and um, basically said he's going to end Goldberg's career. That's also a crown jewel match. No Holds Barred. Yeah. Austin Theory picked up the victory over Jeff Hardy. We saw Reggie and the rest of the 24/7 guys run in during this, but uh Austin... which was like unnecessary, I feel. Yeah, and Austin Theory went after Our Truth, but Our Truth ducked it. Jeff Hardy took advantage of that for a bit, but Austin Theory ends up moving out of the way of the Swanton, pulls Jeff Hardy's pants to get a cheap victory. Out of all of this, honestly, I didn't mind the match. I just hate that they're leaving out him being on Monday Night Raw in 2020.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I'm not a fan of is what's happened with Jeff Hardy. I think that this is going to change into something with Jeff Hardy. But on the other hand, I hope that Jeff Hardy ends up side-by-side with his brother as well.
1: No, He's going to SmackDown. We're seeing a new character on SmackDown for sure, probably. So not for sure, but... Well, next
2: up, you had another King of the Ring matchup. Jinder Mahal picking up the victory over Kofi Kingston. Um, happy to see Mahal with his friends
1: all together one last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, not one last time, but uh, pretty much one last time. But Shanky, got he went to get involved, and Kofi Kingston, uh, not Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods took him out. Veer then took... Xavier Woods out, Kofi Kingston kicked Jenner Mahal, tried to take advantage of that, but uh, he escaped, and Kofi Kingston went for that diving axe handle smash, and Jenner caught him with the the Colossus to pick up that victory. Which works, because then we would have had Kofi versus Woods. A lot of people were looking forward to that
2: match, I was like, you guys are stupid if you think that's happening. Yeah, why would that... Yeah, that wouldn't take place. I do feel like but. it
1: could be Xavier Woods winning this.
2: But next up, you had Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair and no. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair go to a no contest. Sasha it teaming up with Belair, match. Flair with Becky, tag team match. Um, yeah, I thought what this about was going to
1: be the main event when they first advertised this. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's a that's a dope main event. And then. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair basically wrestled each other to see who started the match. All four of them started the brawl, including Charlotte going after Becky Lynch. I was happy that we were going to see uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks tag again because I'm a big fan of them as a tag team. I thought it was cool that we were seeing three out of the four horsewomen in this match, and then that oh, yeah, brawl that was a thing wasn't it? That brawl took me out completely. And I was like, I don't care about this match. And then I, they went. I, it, they were like basically basically set up a fatal four-way transition here. Yeah. And they're just like, now nah, we're going to go ahead with the tag match.
2: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It took me
1: out of the match as well. We saw Bianca Bella hit the, the glam slam on Sasha Banks to the corner. The ref calls this match off. Becky Lynch is the one that comes out on top. This is, yeah. I mean, there's still one more Monday Night Raw before Crown Jewel. But Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks have that match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So. Yeah, nothing really, I don't know.
2: Next up, you had a pick up the victory over Natty, advancing in the Queen's
1: Crown. Um, I thought it was cool awesome they, to see... I was going to say, they kind of mentioned Bret Hart and Owen Hart being former King of the Ring winners. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. But uh, Dewdrop won with a reversal slap and then a pin. <laughs> true, true. This match brought um, the tournament to like 8 minutes and 10 seconds. What do you mean? This match, like the whole tournament up to that point, 8 minutes and 10 seconds or something like that hell of a tournament i think it's pathetic hell of a tournament you know
2: nothing like some uh hard hit in action that's what and it's WWE gonna end in saudi arabia like it like that should be a huge thing and that's what you know that's what ww gives you hard hitting action
1: it makes no sense but you have you literally have the best women's division in the world and you're not using it
2: like you should Unfortunately, even if they have the best roster in the world, they're not like you said. They're not doing anything with it. So you can have the best roster, but it could still suck. Like there but have been times,
1: there have been times where we've seen like WWE actually use the division, and we're like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. They, but right now it's this tournament might as well that. be on YouTube.
2: Yeah, there's they they did something. To, I don't know what the
1: deal is, but. Dropping the ball after that backstage segment, we saw John Morrison meditating. I guess while the Miz is out, uh, killing it on Dancing with the Stars, also being very creepy. Did you by any chance see him this week from Dancing with the Stars? Was it the genie? What that was one of the nights, and the other night was uh, he was dressed as Scar. And it's like, yeah,
2: I didn't see that. Oh
1: my good god. <laughs> But he's apparently killing it on Dancing with the Stars, so that's pretty cool. Um, um, unfortunately, he left a scar on you. <laughs> but he was meditating backstage, and he was cut off by Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. Maybe it's going to be uh, just like a quick way to get John Morrison on Monday Night Raw with a new gimmick? I don't know if that's going to yeah. lead to anything, but I'd like to I assume know. that I, has to be something.
2: I don't understand with Jomo. I really don't. The guy was one of the one of the best pro wrestlers in wrestling when he was at the top of his game, and now he's backstage doing meditation. And know, the guy's not even given a chance. Well, I mean, uh, but we don't know
1: that with the draft, everything's shaken up. Who knows?
2: Well, before this, he hasn't been given the a chance to be that same
1: John Morrison that I he was. I don't know what you're talking about because... On the singles level? That's not what you were saying. Well, on the
2: singles... So I'm going to rephrase that. On the singles level, he has not been given the opportunity to succeed at the same level that he has been in the past. Yeah, WrestleMania 36. Outside of WWE.
1: Um, But yeah, but, the main event, we saw the Usos pick up the victory over... Big E and Drew McIntyre via disqualification. Fans loving Uh, the Usos. God, like how could you possibly book the Usos in their hometown (laughs) to go up against the WWE champion? You didn't think that one clear, did ya? But we saw Big E tag himself in, which was similar to last week when McIntyre tagged himself in. Uh, But Big E eats a super kick, eventually comes back. Jey Uso, we saw him push Big E into Drew McIntyre. And Big E goes to win the match. McIntyre pulls him out of the ring, and they brawl. Yeah, which is kind of shades of what we saw earlier with the women's match. We literally saw that with the horsewomen and Bianca Belair. Like... The Usos, the Usos joined in with that. McIntyre was the one that came out on top. That was literally almost like a carbon copy of what we saw earlier in the night. Yeah, it
2: becomes very stupid. Especially to not have Big E come out on top.
1: Well, obviously, that he just, this is like the... Uh, probably but I mean, even building still, up to Big E retaining.
2: Yeah, but Big E just uh, did the introduction announcements to the boxing fight, and he doesn't go he doesn't that has stand nothing tall to do who cares Raw? about
1: boxing what are you kidding me he did he the football gimmick too Raw?
2: Huh?
1: He, he did the football gimmick too for the iowa gimmicks
2: so i don't know why he's why mcintyre is standing tall and not biggie
1: hello it's because he's gonna be standing tall at crown jewel eh, it's crown jewel but next up you got nxt yeah, and earlier in the night, they showed us footage of Legato Del Fantasma attacking Hit Row and abducting them, which we will speak about later on. But Yeah, they brought them all the way to SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> Into a feud with the Young Bucks, apparently. <laughs> God. You, I'm assuming yeah. you saw that, right?
2: Yeah. I didn't see the Young Bucks. Uh, did the Young Bucks say anything back? No.
1: Yeah, they said that uh, we spend more money on shoes than the entire NXT roster makes or something like that.
2: hmm And then <laughs> was there anything
1: rebuttal to that or no? I am sure Top Dollar might have said something, but he's like, I'm just... I think he said, like, I, I didn't call anyone out specifically. I'm just talking the truth or something like that. I
2: think that the fans are the big marks. I mean, why the heck... It's so stupid.
1: I really... I, I think it's already like, been proven that the Young Bucks buy fake shoes and wrestle in them.
2: I mean, I, <laughs> I would. Why would you scuff up, like, yeah, exactly. $1,000 pairs of shoes? You know, you don't have to scuff up $1,000 of shoes. But the defending of one wrestler over the other wrestler and attacking the other wrestler's yeah, I mean, I feel like the only people that are getting worked are the fans.
1: Well, on NXT programming, we saw Joe Gacy speak before his match. Don't, uh, still really don't get his gimmick. He called people snowflakes. Yeah. Um, well, I hope. I feel like this is where snowflakes happen. How many years ago was this already? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But the actual know, match, Joe. we saw Ciampa pick up the victory over Joe Gacy. Harlan was in the crowd again for this, which I thought was a good match. Nothing really stood out, but I, I think it was a good match. Harlan attacked Tommaso Champa afterwards and then choked Joe Gacy, but Joe Gacy stroked his face and Harlan let him go. And then Joe Gacy ran off. Love at first sight. That was the most do? disturbing thing I have saw on NXT this week, for sure. But, hey, Champa was well, interviewed. He was interviewed later on, and Grizzled Young Veterans made fun of him. And then Braun Breaker showed up, challenged them to a fight. And they were like, "Well, we're not dressed, we're not dressed. So that match is taking place, I believe, next week. And Breaker basically saying that he's going to be in Champa's corner uh, until they get to their match at... at um, Halloween Havoc, because he wants Champa at 100%. So that I'm, I'm looking forward to that match. Yeah. After that, Toxic Attraction put Io Shirai and Zoe Stark on notice. And then Mandy Rose also challenged Raquel Gonzalez for the championship at Halloween Havoc. And we saw Raquel Gonzalez later on accept that. And she wants to spin the wheel, make the deal. Make a deal. What it what what it lands on, we don't know yet.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to Stark and uh, Shirai losing those championship belts. I don't still don't know if
1: that's gonna happen.
2: It's I'm not a fan of them together. It's stupid.
1: But after that, we saw a Halloween Havoc vignette for somebody who claims they're going to bury the past and s- so they can start again. People were like, "Oh my God, it's Elias!" I'm like, "Brother, that's." I think Dakota Kai's accent. <laughs> so, bury the past so they can
2: start again. I think oh, it was dude, Dakota a, it's Kai. It's the Undertaker. Yeah, burying. I mean, obviously, Undertaker burying. No, I think yeah. it was. I think it was Dakota Kai. I'm gonna go with the Undertaker.
1: Well, that's uh... a <laughs> great pick. Thanks. Thanks. After that, Zion Quinn picked up the victory over Malik Blade. I think another impressive match for Zion Quinn. Pretty quick match though. One of quick those match. One of those enhancement uh matches, I guess. Yeah. Similar I to would that say so. of the early nineties in WWE Raw.
2: I would say so. Next
1: up you had Ivy
2: Nile pick up the victor over Valentina Faraz. I um, liked
1: I liked her finish. Finish she was cool. The the squatting torture rack. Finish was definitely interesting. Uh, also another quick match. But we saw Malcolm Bivens give a message uh, saying that this match is to put basically everyone on notice. He put the Creed brothers over. He put Roddy over. Roderick Strong went to go talk and Ikamin Jiro came out. Julius Creed said that they're always ready to compete and Jiro hits him. That leads into a match. Julius Creed picked up the victory over Ikamin Jiro and... I think Creed was very impressive in this.
2: It was a nice showing, you know, uh, especially
1: in singles action. This was like, to me, made roster showing. This made I'm, me, I'm like, I want to see, just like with Breaker, I want to see Ziggler, I want to see Gable, Cesaro. Where They're, do you want to see them? Against Julius. But Diamond Mind... Ends up jumping Ikaminjiro afterwards and Kushida tries to make the save, but he uh, turns to Ivy Nile and stops right before he punches her and then gets beat down as well. So perhaps next week, the Creed Brothers versus Ikaminjiro and Kushida. After that, we saw a lashing out segment where she told Tony DeAngelo to forget about it. And then also sang. I didn't know she could sing. I thought that was pretty cool. And then we saw later on Tony D'Angelo speak about lashing out. And it was kind of um, implied that he locked the producer of lashing out in the trunk of a car via the noises and the movement. (laughs) So I thought that was funny. I don't know what, like, I don't know. Maybe they're going to end up pairing the two together as like a, a stable of sorts. I don't a know. Duo? I don't. I don't think they need that. I don't think they need that. But yeah, but it would up, you, it would give them both on TV without having to do multiple segments. You already have awkward pairing of Dexter Loomis and
2: H- H- uh, Indy Hartwell. You, yeah, but what I mean, what would make that awkward? I don't know. It doesn't fit this guy's gimmick. It's to uh, have a girlfriend. It doesn't fit his gimmick or whatever.
1: Uh, or I, to have a I friend, don't even.
2: This, I don't think in this manner, but. Next up, you had Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner pick up the victory over Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. Uh, Wagner, impressive.
1: Yeah, this was a hard-hitting match that we got to see from them, and I thought the stuff between Von Wagner and Ridge Holland, I thought was really good. I agree with you. And I actually really liked the team of Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Yeah. After that, we saw a Chase University segment about ring awareness. This guy in the crowd uh, in the classroom, Brandon, wonder where they got that name from, questioned if uh, what Chase did last week to Odyssey Jones uh, to his leg in the match was illegal, and then Andre Chase basically yelled at him about it. And that was the end of that segment, so it was a way to get another Chase University segment there. Nah. Next up, you had Duke Hudson pick up the victory over Grayson Waller. Yeah, and Hudson grabbed the trunks to get the victory. Hmm. Waller, though, man, he hit a dope stunner in this match. Yeah, he's he's doing really well in those matches. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool stunner, but Duke Hudson leaves him. I think he left him with a poker chip or whatever. Still don't understand why he all of a sudden needs to be a uh, poker player. <laughs> but uh, later on, we saw Cameron Grimes approach waller because he saw him pick up some women and he asked for advice and then he pointed him in the direction of a dating app and i i mean i thought it was funny grimes is like they you have that they have that hair this hair. (laughs) after that we saw an imperium video package where they put msk on notice that's uh it's basically all about that yeah that was it After that, we saw Indy Hartwell, Indy
2: Hartwell, and Persia Parada pick up the victory over Sarai and Amari
1: Miller. I don't get Um, why Sarai is randomly teaming with Miller here, but at least she wasn't the one that lost the match.
2: It was kind of like a enhancement talent pairing. Yeah, that made no sense,
1: especially the way Sarai's been built up with her her drop kick and everything. Yeah, didn't I like didn't that. It. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that at all. But yeah. I'm happy for Hartwell and Parada because they're going to be in that match for the tag team championships. Because last after that, whatever she mentioned, wanting them, Io Shirai came out yelling. Zoe Stark was with her. Toxic Attraction came out, and they all brawled. So we're going to see the the three teams fight for that those ta- the championships.
2: Yeah, next up you had a video package of Solo Sokoa.
1: Yeah, this is um, the uh, the third Uso brother making his way to NXT. Basically, yeah. in the video package, he said that his win-loss records can't be found online or whatever because his fights were all on the street. So it's interesting, interesting that he's not being recognized as of this second as the brother of Jimmy and Jay.
2: Well, I mean, look at the rest of the roster and their lack of recognition. Right. Of, like, their family accolades.
1: Yeah. But I guess it also separates him from the hottest group in WWE right now. Yeah. And we'll see what he can do on his own without Roman Reigns, without the Usos. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Main event saw Isaiah Swerve Scott defeat Santos Escobar to retain the North American Championship. I thought it was a great match. This, uh, uh, Like we said last week, this was his first title defense since winning it. But Santos Escobar said that Legado Del Fantasma would stay in the back. They end up coming out. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams come out and take them out. But the fact that Santos Escobar lost, to me, was very surprising. I Yes, it was very
2: surprising, um, especially because Swerve, you know, is going to smack down. Right. So you kind of expected Swerve to lose,
1: but him winning was a surprise. But then, yeah. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes attacked Isaiah Swerve Scott afterwards. Signed his contract for that uh that breakout tournament gimmick, which I didn't think it would act like a money in the bank contract. I don't think Jordan Miles was able to do that when he won the tournament. But he did get a title shot. I just I mean he lost, obviously, but Carmelo Hayes picked up the victory over Isaiah Swerve Scott to become the new North American champion. A new era is indeed here. The new era, indeed. Speaking of new era, maybe it's a, uh, maybe not so new, but a welcomed back era. NXT UK, they welcome back fans for this episode. Starts off with Blair Davenport picking up the victory over Stevie Turner, which I could swear Stevie Turner has been a heel, but the fans were, like, super behind her, and Blair Davenport's also kind of been a heel, like, she... Just returned this week from uh, attacking a referee. So, it was a good match. After that, Shaw Samuels picked up the victory over Flash Morgan Webster. This match came about from a slap backstage last week from Flash Morgan Webster. The end of this match I thought was really good. Flash Morgan Webster was about to hit a springboard move and, and uh, Shaw Samuels caught him with a spine buster right off the ropes and ended with that spine buster. I thought that was really cool. We had the Nina Samuels show backstage, of course, because its I don't think it's a, uh, a recognized show by the roster, but Zaya Brookside was, quote-unquote, the guest. And she basically goaded Zaya Brookside into challenging Aaliyah James to a match. And Zaya Brookside did do that, made it sort of like a friendly challenge, and then they went to go work out together. So it kind of seems like this new character of Nina Samuels doing her own show... And acting the way she's acting. Maybe she's going a little crazy. not positive. But the main event of this episode saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over A-Kid to retain the NXT UK Championship. Ilya Dragunov super over in the UK. They had some hard-hitting spots in this. They had some good technical spots in this. We saw A-Kid work on Ilya Dragunov's arm. So it cost Ilya some moves in this match. But no way... Did I think he was losing that title? And I don't really know what to call the move, but Ilya Dragunov did some sort of like fisherman suplex from the middle rope, which I thought was cool. But it was a really good match, and I hope more people watch NXT UK because it was a really good match. Like I said, I have nothing more to say about that. If people, more people were watching, I think it would have been trending at 4 p.m. But that is NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. It opened up with Edge recapping his feud with Seth Rollins, how it started seven years ago or so, and he said that he should have seen what Seth Rollins did coming, especially since it's out of his playbook. He brought up going to John Cena's house, slapping John Cena's father in the face Edge mentioned that him and Seth Rollins are tied up and Edge needs to end it. And I thought it was a great promo from Edge. Later on, we saw Seth Rollins respond, basically laughing off what Edge said and said that he's in his head and he has the physical advantage over Edge due to the attack at Madison Square Garden. And I thought it was a nice rebuttal from Seth Rollins. I like how fired up he got over knowing how dangerous the Hell in a Cell feels or is and how he spent more time in that match over Edge. Overall, I thought it was really good. First match of SmackDown, we saw Finn Balor pick up the victory over Sami Zayn to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. I thought this match was pretty good. Sami Zayn tried to cheat to win and uh, got his feet up on the ropes. The referee caught him, broke up the pin, Uh, There were some good back and forth spots here that had me thinking Sami Zayn was going to win this. And I I really, I kind of thought maybe Sami Zayn was going to win the whole tournament due to being drafted last, being kind of forgotten about. But uh, Finn Balor moves on to the finals. After that, Naomi versus Sonya Deville did not happen because Naomi apparently walked out of the office last week before Sonya Deville could tell her that Shayna Baszler was also going to be in that match. And Shayna Baszler and Sonya Deville picked up that victory over Naomi. I liked this pairing because both of them have an MMA background. We see, we did see Naomi kind of hold her own at first, but eventually she got choked out. Sonya Deville put her foot on her, pinned her picked up that victory there. And Shayna Baszler is going to smackdown. I'm not sure if this pairing is going to continue, but I'm definitely on board for that. What I didn't like was people complaining about this match and how short it was. I know I spoke about this with the the Queen's Crown tournament for Monday Night Raw, but this I think should have been how Shayna Baszler is booked. She's a killer. She had a partner. Naomi didn't. There weren't tags or anything. That's how Shayna Baszler, in my eyes, should be booked. After that, we saw Zelina Vega pick up the victory over Carmella to advance in the Queen's Crown Tournament. They, uh, they agreed before the match not to hit each other's faces, but Carmella, uh, who opted out of wearing her mask for the match, ends up kicking Zelina Vega in the face Zelina Vega went after Carmella, and Carmella goes outside of the ring for her mask and is met by Liv Morgan, who refused to give her the mask and then went to, like, fake out, punch her. Carmella went back into the ring, and Zelina Vega got that quick victory there. So, again, this tournament, uh, keeping the the time quite low for the the matches. But, uh, I don't know, maybe Zelina Vega... Could Zelina Vega face Shayna Baszler in the finals? After that, we saw a happy talk segment where they started to make fun of Kevin Owens and a few other names. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura cut this off just to play guitar and like dance, I guess, and strut. This ends up ultimately leading to the Street Profits coming out for their match interesting interlude to get from segment to segment, but that match, the Usos picked up the victory over the Street Profits in a street fight to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The uh, Street Profits paid tribute to the Dudleys early on in the match with getting the tables, uh, which Ford eventually went through. I liked the double kendo stick spot from the Usos. I like to think that This took place because SmackDown did get bumped from Fox to FS1 for baseball. So it was like, maybe that's why they did like the, the double batters up gimmick. Uh, I liked Montez Ford hitting that dropkick to the chair, similar to Rob Van Dam. The Usos end up hitting consecutive Uso splashes to pick up that victory though and retain those titles storyline wise, I don't think this match should have happened, especially if the Street Profits weren't the ones going over and winning the titles because we've seen this a few times already and it seems like the Street Profits just keep getting like screwed out of the the titles and then now they finally get the shot and they end up losing it. But this was a really good match. I, I really enjoyed this this Street Fight. But the main event of SmackDown saw Sasha Banks pick up the victory over Becky Lynch. This was commercial free. Thank God. I hate commercials. I said that before. Me and Chucky are the same. <laughs> but I I really liked the use of the apron and the ropes during this match. We saw Sasha Banks miss some knees to the outside on the ring apron, which she eventually did hit. Becky Lynch used the ropes to lock in the disarmor. She also um, hit a diving leg drop when Sasha Banks was draped across the ropes. Even the the Miss Sunset flip from Sasha Banks and then the leg drop counter from Becky Lynch. I thought it was... I, I'm a big fan of that, that aspect of that match. Becky Lynch did actually tap out to Sasha Banks and the bank statement outside of the ring, so it did not count. But Becky Lynch tried to use the ropes to win... Much like Sami Zayn, the referee caught her. Becky Lynch accidentally clocked Bianca Belair, who was out there on commentary. Bianca Belair pretty much distracted Becky Lynch behind the referee's back to cause her to lose. Sasha Banks picks up that victory going into Crown Jewel. That was Becky Lynch's first loss on TV in a singles match since like 2019 or something like that. But after that, it was a very awkward transition to set up the contract signing. Adam Pearce yelling at the women to get out of the ring. I was uh, very awkward. But the Universal Championship contract signing closed out SmackDown. Roman Reigns signed it after being advised by Paul Heyman that it's everything he wants. Brock Lesnar doesn't even look it over. He just signs it. And Roman Reigns calls Brock Lesnar stupid for not reading it. And Brock Lesnar just laughs and he's like, I read it this morning. I read it with my advocate, Paul Heyman. And that leaves like, was he with Paul Heyman? Did Paul Heyman actually not put the stuff that Roman Reigns wanted in, in the contract? Because Paul Heyman was the one that advised Roman Reigns to sign it. I really enjoyed the stuff that they've been doing with Paul Heyman and Brock Lester and Roman Reigns so that was Supersized Smackdown gonna take a quick break right now you'll hear a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped and I'll be right back here on Marking Out
0: support for Marking out is brought to you by manscaped who are the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience look i mean i've done it dave's done it brandon's never done it you're down there you you know shaved up making sure everything looks clean and fresh and you get a nick Get a little kutsky there and it stinks it's no it, it's no fun whatsoever so that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus the undertaker at WrestleMania 25 when i tell you this is premium I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Cause we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my Lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code Regardless. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity,
1: fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 558. Remember to go to Manscape.com, use that code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Gonna move over to AEW. The only AEW topic this week that I'll be discussing is AEW Rampage from last week because this week's Dynamite was moved to Saturday night. For uh, NHL purposes on TNT. Uh, that's going to be the same thing as next week as well. But I will discuss the buy-in. AW Rampage. Uh, Dynamite all next week. But last week's Dynamite kicked off with CM Punk. Picking up the victory over Daniel Garcia. I think Daniel Garcia and Team 2.0 had a, a really good promo before the match. In that interview segment. We saw 2.0 get involved behind the referee's back. I think Daniel Garcia looked great in this match. And CM Punk ended the match with the Anaconda device. I think it'd be nice to see CM Punk start losing some matches. Don't really think that's going to be happening anytime soon. But after that, we saw the Lucha Bros pick up the victory over the Acclaim to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. I wish this match was a lot longer. Anthony Bowens, we saw him use the boombox behind the referee's back to stop Phoenix's dive. But overall, I thought it was a fun match. Um, I think this probably should have been the main event of the, the the show. And I think it should have gotten more time, like I said. But after that, Jade Cargill picked up the victory over Sky Blue... In a match that was exactly what it needed to be. I liked the reversal that Jade Cargill did into the glam slam. I thought that was a very good move. She continued the attack afterwards. Thunder Rosa ran down, made the save. I think maybe this is going to lead to the finals of the TBS Championship tournament. Not fully sure, but I feel like it will come down to those two. And I don't understand, Tony Khan keeps saying in interviews that anything can happen, people could be injured before the finals of the TBS title tournament, so I don't know if that's going to come into play or not, that seems like he's kind of teasing a big injury angle, I don't understand that, but we'll see what happens with the tournament when it actually kicks off. Main event, though, saw Ricky Starks pick up the victory over Brian Cage in a Philadelphia street fight to retain the FTW championship. For what this feud has been, I don't think this was a destructive enough match. We saw Will Hobbs. We saw Hook. They got involved, but Brian Cage took both of them down. We saw Ricky Starks use the title on Brian Cage. Cage kicked out of that. Team Taz gets involved again later on and Ricky Starks hits that Rochambeau to pick up that victory. I thought it was a weak finish. And to bill it as a Philly street fight, land of ECW, they used what? Like three weapons maybe? That's why I don't think that this should have been the main event. And I, I still, I said it twice before already now, the tag team match should have been the main event. But that is AEW for this week. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? This is Miss Piggy and you should be listening to moi instead of
0: Brandon's shout outs.
1: The first shout out goes to Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's on Disney Plus. You don't have Disney Plus, right? I do not have Disney Plus. But you love the Muppets. How could you not, right? Of course, I love the Muppets. I uh, I popped at a bunch of things in this in this uh, special. I enjoyed it. It's I think it's something that they they can do with other rides in the Disney park, like Tower of Terror, Jungle Cruise. But it had a lot of cameos, a lot of Muppet esque jokes. I bought the EP because how could I not? And overall, I I really enjoyed it. So if you have Disney Plus, check out Muppets Haunted Mansion magnolia bakery's banana pudding is getting the next shout out have you ever heard anything about this i have not but i'm interested in knowing more i've heard about how good magnolia bakery's banana pudding has been for years literally years Mm -hmm. but i've just never gone to new york city for it and when i am in well I mean it's not there right now but passing Penn Station I was it was never open on the way out because if I'm at Penn Station I'd be going to a concert or wrestling so mm-hmm. my cousin actually brought it for my Nana's birthday and it was so good I'm not even a big banana guy but I just I want more of it and like it 100% lives up to the hype and it's Pretty much the reason why I made that that pudding cake gimmick. I can't 100% recreate it. I didn't have, like, the Nilla gimmicks, those Nilla mm-hmm. wafers. But I wanted yeah. to just have something similar to it. But this thing blows everything else out of the water. So God bless Magnolia Bakery. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last shout-out, I'm I just going to have to give it to the, uh, the movie Home Sweet Home Alone. The trailer came out for it this week, so why not? The uh, it it's, looks good. A lot of people are saying god awful things about this movie, but I think it looks good. It's the sixth installment of Home Alone. What what are they like about that? About the
2: acting, or they watched it and no,
1: they couldn't they have watched f- it. It comes out on the fourth, uh, the twelfth. So of, then, how
2: could they even bash it already? It's the internet. I mean, I, I'm a fan of this, the kid that was casted. I saw him in um. Uh, that, that Jo-Jo Nazi Rabbit. movie. Yeah, Jojo
1: Rabbit. And I
2: thought that he was really
1: funny in that. We saw Devin Rattray reprise his role as Buzz McAllister in the trailer. That's cool. Heavily rumored that Macaulay Culkin is booked for a cameo as Kevin McAllister, even though I believe he denied it on Twitter. You never know. But it comes out Disney Plus uh, on Disney Plus Day. Uh, And I'm definitely pumped to watch that. So, Yeah, I think that that's going to be very exciting to see. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of things coming out on Disney Plus Day. Like uh, They just released the trailer for a new series of shorts where Olaf from Frozen recreates or tells his own version of Disney classics like Moana, Lion King, and a few others. So that should be something fun for... People to watch. But uh, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our mark out moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I gotta say, uh, last Saturday, John Cena showed up on Saturday Night Live.
2: Yeah, that is very true, with uh, Kim Kardashian as host. Former
1: WrestleMania host, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I thought it was a decent episode. Um, But John Uh, Cena in the sketch played himself with a bunch of other celebrities in a Bachelorette-style gimmick. So it was somewhat funny. I saw Saturday night live tweet out that this was their, uh, that the SNL debuted on October 11th, uh, 1975, which means the episode that I went to in 2015 on October 10th would have been the 40th anniversary of Saturday night live, but they celebrated their anniversary in February. It made no sense. Like, they didn't say anything special about that when I went. I just thought it was interesting that, uh, that they didn't. But do you have any uh, markout moments? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Big E doing the introduction for the, uh,
2: for the fight. For the boxing fight. I believe it's called a boxing match. Yeah, that shindig. Uh, <laughs>
1: Marked out for that. Also, uh, during Monday Night Raw, we saw Chucky cut a promo during the commercial breaks about how he hates commercials. And he's just trying to watch Monday Night Raw. And I'm like, he gets me. I hate commercials. And I'm just trying to watch Monday Night Raw. So he pulls up the Peacock app to watch some wrestling. So I thought that was funny. Especially because we've seen Chucky involved in pro wrestling in the past. Which has uh has gotten some people talking. Uh, obviously, it was a segment with Rick Steiner in WCW. That people... <laughs> don't uh care for but i think outside of that how could we not mention that a ww hall of famer went to space yeah william shatner yeah he went up to space this week on that amazon rocket thing and uh this week he did an interview with matt camp from the bump and jerry lawler joined in the conversation so i thought that was cool to see they spoke about his time up in space And the way Shatner describes it, I don't ever want to go. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think they said, like, the the landing is going to, they told him it would feel like uh, just, like, sitting on a couch extra hard or something. He goes, no, not at all.
2: (laughs) He's like, I'm suing. He's like, I've been in the the
1: ring with George Foreman and Mike Tyson. I told them to punch me, and they punched me. So I think he was somewhat comparing it to that. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was cool to see him interact with Jerry Lawler because he inducted Jerry Lawler. And But uh, yeah, it's the mark out moment of the week. Take us home. Well, thank you so much for listening. This
2: was episode 558. We appreciate each and every one of you. Please go check us out on Instagram at markandout11. Also find us on YouTube, on Twitch, and of course on Twitter at markandout. Go check out the previous episodes, markandout.com, and everywhere
1: else that you can find us. Yeah, like Instagram. Yeah. BTTG161, at DavidPTDPT, ChrisSweenDog. And we wish you the... the
2: your indefinite
1: have a fantastic week